0: some fun on what is going to be an interesting Wednesday. When I say interesting, this is what I'm talking about. There's apparently a high school that hosted a drag pageant and oh, it is foul. Look, I'm going to be real gentle with it. You know, I'm going to be gentle with it. So that's going to be part of the show today. We have Ted Cruz committing a war crime against Merrick Garland. Ted Cruz just destroyed Merrick Garland today. Um, it's the best way I can put this a less than enjoyable experience last night. That's, is that fair? I'll, I'll lay that out there. I'll be about an hour and a half from now and Ashley Babbitt, you know, the name Ashley Babbitt. I'm sure in case you don't, she's the Trump supporter who was shot and killed on January 6th. Her mother joins the show an hour and a half from now. She's, she's got some things she'd like to get off her chest we felt she had every right to get those things off her chest, but let's begin with something I've been thinking about. I do the best I can to keep some kind of perspective on things. I always think perspective is valuable, isn't it? So that's why I try to try to remind myself whenever I'm having a bad day or something like that. You know, something didn't go right at the office. Paper jam on the printer. Something really dire. I try to remind myself and my kids when they have a bad day. There are people out there with gigantic problems, huge, life-changing, life-ending problems they're dealing with. You really don't have it that bad. It's just one of the ways I try to keep perspective. It's, oh, no, one of my kids will say something to me. Well, they know better than to say this to me now. But when they say something like, I'm bored, and I'll point at all the books, all the toys they have, and I just remind them, no, 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 no. No, never, never say those words to me again. I have to make, give myself these reminders, too. You don't, You don't have anything to complain about, Jesse. Shut up. Quit whining. I try to maintain as much perspective as I can about everything under the sun. I've been thinking about the political mood in the United States of America. In the United States of America. Not across the world. Let's just focus on us right now. Isn't it really bad? Isn't it? really violent, isn't it? It feels like we are either in the middle of violence or we're on the cusp of violence, Uh, ugly stuff. I mean, stuff that you don't want to live through. I feel it. I feel it all over the place. And I was trying to quantify why. And then listen, I want to be clear about this. I'm not talking about just on the left. Oh, they caused it. They ramped everything up. They've been 99.9% of all political violence up to this point, but the right will make an adjustment and begin meeting them there. And it's just terrible. I mean, I know some people like to say, I'm ready for the civil war. You know, I never do that. I'll never do that. That's ugly. I don't like that. That stuff has ugh, no, but it feels like everything's getting ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. And I was trying to, put into words exactly why it got ramped up so quickly. And I want to play you this cut. And I really think it was a result. Everything got ramped up so quickly. I think it was a result of the left's reaction to Donald Trump. You see, Donald Trump is what I I call a system disruptor. And we're going to have a talk about system disruptors here in a second. But listen to this. The the Democrat rhetoric, what has been normalized now, I think it has permanently adjusted what people consider normal and acceptable in this country.
1: We have a domestic terrorism challenge in this country. There ought to be a
2: bipartisan consensus to fight terrorism wherever it comes from, uh, and particularly when it comes from within. For too long, our federal government has failed to address the
3: growing
1: terrorist menace in our own backyard. What we need is a focus uh, in Homeland Security on uh, domestic terrorism.
4: Domestic violent extremism is the most acute threat, uh, terrorism-related threat that we are seeing uh, to
5: our homeland. Intelligence gathering agencies now, they are telling us that that
1: threat landscape is now more of a domestic uh, uh, nature. The rise of domestic violent extremism is a serious
2: and growing national security threat. The Biden administration will confront this threat with the necessary resources and resolve.
5: What more do your departments need from Congress and particularly this committee to root out violent extremism?
0: A commitment to redouble our
4: efforts uh, to fight hate and to uh, fight one of the greatest threats that we face uh, currently on our homeland which is the uh, threat of domestic
3: terrorism. The domestic violent extremist threat is also rapidly evolving. How
5: would the Justice Department... Okay, okay, I'm
0: cutting that a little short because I, I wanted to go a different place with it here. You're hearing about all this domestic extremism, violent extremism, white nationalism, white supremacy. The reason I played that is I came across this little montage this morning. I didn't come up with it. My buddy Tom Elliott came up with it. But I came across this montage of the things that they're now saying about parents at school board meetings and it just it occurs to me even 4 or 5 years ago this stuff would from either side would have floored people and now they go on the news and just talk like this January 6th In the violent,
4: deadly insurrection on the Capitol nine months ago, it was about white supremacy, in my view.
3: In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists.
0: Okay, now that's that's what they're saying about them. Now listen, listen to what they say about concerned parents we're talking about you've seen these videos mothers and fathers and people just showing up at school board meetings Uh, i would like it if my kid didn't have to learn about gender queer stuff in the library and this is how they talk
1: violent looking angry spewing parents outside of these schools individuals intent on creating chaos for the sake of creating chaos. These actions could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism. This becomes a security crisis
2: in a sense for the nation.
1: This may also mobilize even more law enforcement
2: to,
0: to be at these meetings. It is dangerous to our children when the parents themselves are the school bullies.
1: I think one of the worst things is the actions at the board meetings, uh, you know, the, the, the calling of names, You know, the, you know, tyrant, Marxist, communist. We've never seen anything like we're seeing at these school boards now. What on earth has happened in this country? Sometimes they're not even talking, they are yelling. And creating chaos. Things have become so scary at these meetings. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they
5: should teach. New laws may be necessary. There's
2: always the possibility uh, that people will face criminal prosecution for this kind of conduct.
5: The
3: FBI and federal law enforcement is tailor-made for that kind of national-level coordination with state okay, and Okay,
0: police. you got that. You got that, right? And I'm sorry about all the audio right off the bat, but it, it did it bring—it brought me back— to how all these scumbags talked about Black Lives Matter in Antifa burning down cities across America.
5: I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is mostly a protest. Uh, it uh, It is not, generally speaking, unruly.
1: That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists
0: wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism,
4: which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence.
1: Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times.
4: Well, thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful.
0: I don't care that much about statues. That's how they responded last year. And, you know, I don't do the thing and I'm not about to do the thing right now where I say these people are hypocrites because it's not that. I mean, they are hypocrites. It's not that. Remember this. They have a religion. Their religion is communism. They believe because they're the important people, the media people and the politicians. They do believe they are of the higher priest class of communism. So they shouldn't be held to the same rules. Of course they shouldn't be. But it did occur to me. This is what has ramped everything up. And this is what is making me feel like worry about I guess I should say violence being a possibility this is what's done it for me because the truth is I think this is what I think happened I think Democrats after Barack Obama I think they bought into all the hype I remember Democrats like James Carville saying there'll be Democrats in power for 40 years and I think they felt when Barack Obama was about done that they were on the cusp of Of being in power forever. And along comes Donald Trump. And more important than Trump. Along comes you and me. And I feel as if these people got introduced to a reality. And it scares them. These people are scared. And I'll explain what I mean here in just a second. Now. Your home smells. I'm not insulting you. My home smells. Homes smell. They have a smell to them. I know you keep a clean home, but you have pets. You cook in your home. Chemicals, maybe even smoke in your home if you're awfully old school. Just homes get an odor. Do You just being there gives it an odor. I never knew mine did. I always thought, wow, the old lady keeps a sparkling clean home. Plugged in an Eden Pure Thunderstorm one day. Came back in that room two hours later. You could tell the air was clean all of a sudden. It worked so well, we went out and bought two more right away. I now own three Eden Pure thunderstorms. I have to be honest with you, I'm probably going to buy three more. That's how incredible these things are. And I've thrown away all my allergy medication. It's not that I stopped taking it, it's in the garbage. I no longer own any because of Eden Pure. That's how amazing these things are. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code word Jesse and the number three, and you get three of them for under $200. That's a steal. EdenPureDeals.com, code word JESSE3. You save 200 bucks. Enjoy. The Jesse Kelly Show.
5: On air and online at jessekellyshow.com.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yeah, you can call in tonight. Remember, we got Ashley Babbitt's mom about an hour and 10 minutes from now. I will explain... Why the game didn't go so well last night? I'll explain all that about, about an hour and a half from now. It's, it's, it, we have a lot on the show. And you're going to want to hear this Ted Cruz audio. But back to what I was just talking about. I feel like something happened. Something happened that has ramped up the violent rhetoric. And it's ramping up the political hot-bloodedness. I don't know if that's a word. But it's the word I want to use. So I just made it up just right now. This is how I see things having played out. Towards the end of Obama's presidency, Democrats bought the hype that this was going to last forever. Democrat rule forever. We can have whatever we want. Saint Obama. And remember, Hillary Clinton was running against Donald Trump. And I know everybody is Johnny come lately on this now. I think I'm the only honest person in the country about this. Everyone thought Hillary Clinton was going to kill Trump. I did. I did. I didn't even like Trump back then, before his presidential election. I was a Ted Cruz guy in the primary, and I voted for Trump in the general, but I wasn't a fan. Part of the reason I wasn't a fan, I was out there running my mouth saying, oh, Hillary's going to kill him. That's what we get. That shows what I know, right? Trump sets the country on fire. He wins. And that win, Trump's win, it shocked them to the core. It absolutely shocked them to the core. And because it shocked them to the core, it, it created a new thing in the American communist that he hadn't really experienced before. It created a, a shred of doubt in him that he was about to take over everything forever. You see, he was so sure of victory, and then all of a sudden it was snatched from him. And that's why, that's why they spent four years ramping up everything remember the speaker of the house nancy pelosi that's a big deal the speaker of the house she constantly rails against nazis and white supremacists we now routinely the, the people at the highest levels they call people nazis and white supremacists they call people domestic terrorists they, call, they say whatever terrible thing you can say about people, that's what they say now. That's what they say now. There is no limit. The concerned parents showing up at CRT mo- uh, meetings, look at them yelling, these are terrorists, white nationalists, Nazis. And not only did it go from rhetoric, it went to real violence. Let's not forget, Trump supporters are dead because of what happened with Democrats during Trump's era, do I need to remind everybody? I realize the mainstream press is memory hold this. Do I need to remind every single person out there that uh we had a Bernie Sanders supporter show up at a congressional baseball game and try to assassinate multiple GOP congressmen, and not only did he show up at that baseball game to assassinate multiple GOP congressmen. We know, we know this for a fact. He showed up at that baseball game to assassinate multiple GOP congressmen specifically for political reasons. And then they, moved, they went on, the communists in this country went on, and they spent four years murdering Trump people. I know the media won't report this stuff, but look around at the various Trump supporters who were shot. Remember that poor guy Antifa shot in the head in Portland? You remember that? People dead. Real violence. Violent rhetoric. And what that did was it adjusted the rules in people's minds. And people are always, you're guilty of this, I'm guilty of this. I shouldn't say guilty. It's our nature. People are adjusting to the rules around them. Uh, What's a good example of this? You know what? Combat's a good example of this. You know one of the reasons combat veterans come back a lot and struggle in the real world. Not everyone, but sometimes they struggle in the real world. I've told you before about one of my close friends, one of the guys I fought over there with. He was in jail about 30 seconds after he got back to the States, and he's still in prison, state prison, hardcore time. I have several friends who they just dove into the bottle, never got out of it. Most of them are still alive by the grace of God, but not doing well. Just just they don't react well. Part of the reason they don't react well, you don't react well, is... When we were in combat, it's difficult to explain this to people who haven't been there, but there were no rules. And we were there before there were even bases or before there was very much media. When we were in combat, we were just normal American boys, right? Grew up just like you grew up. And all of a sudden we're in an environment where we had standing orders to kill anybody who had a weapon. You could see somebody out walking his dog holding an AK-47, walking the streets of Baghdad, and you could walk right up to him and put a bullet in him and kill him. Now, obviously, you don't want to make a habit of something like that, but you could, and with no trouble at all. If someone had something, you could take it from them. You were ordered to take it from them. There was a time in uh, Najaf, I don't think I've ever told this story before, I'm not going to go into the details of it, where my lieutenant ordered me to take away somebody's weapon, I could have just shot him. Instead, I broke his jaw and took his weapon. You come back to a civilized world after that, and it's hard to adjust to make your mind adjust that there are now rules again. You're back in civilization. You're back in a place where you have to adjust what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Well, what's happened for the entire nation, not just the left, But the right now is because of the left's conduct during Trump's administration, this rabid, Nazi, violent, horrible, street violent conduct in the minds of so many Americans. Now, there's been an adjustment to the rules. When is the last time you did see parents show up at a school board meeting and get loud? Have you ever seen it once in your life? Chris, if I missed it, I don't know that I've ever seen it once in my life. This is now the standard in America. This is taking place across the country right now. Parents are showing up getting loud. And by the way, you should show up and get loud. And it's driving the communists crazy. So show up and get louder and bring more people the next time and make these communists feel the heat. So you're not doing anything wrong. I just think this probably ends ugly. And that sucks. Does that make sense? That sucks. All right. Ted Cruz destroying Merrick Garland. Next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And before anybody asks, yes, I did go to the game last night. I hesitate to even say this because this is going to make me sound it's going to make me sound like an ungrateful, terrible person, but I have things I need to say about the game. I'll tell you later. All right. I'll, I'll tell you that. Give me a, give me an hour and I will tell you about the game. Give me an hour or so, give or take. I don't know. I don't plan out the show. All right. Now let's, let's have a chat about a couple things. People, people out there right now are looking for hope. They're looking for things to feel good about. And I understand that. I understand that. I just played a big, you know, I just played you a bunch of stuff. Here's something you can feel truly, truly good about. And I have to, I have to tell you before I play this clip, Ted Cruz, I always feel the need to be honest with the audience about something. I know Ted Cruz. I know him personally. He is a friend. So I always have an affinity for Ted Cruz, but I'm not unaware of Ted Cruz's weaknesses when it comes to running for national office. And you want to know the truth? He's not unaware of them either. He, he gets it. I will tell you this, and it's going to sound like I'm just defending my friend, but it's 100% true. He's just a big nerd. He's a huge nerd, and he would tell you that if, if you if you got him privately and were talking to him, he would say, I'm just a big dork. I mean, He's a big science fiction guy. Not that there's anything wrong with science fiction. I, I like a lot, little of it myself. I mean, he's the kind of guy, he has Han Solo statues in his house. I guarantee he does. I don't know that for a fact, but he's that one of those guys, right? It's just one of those guys. So there's something else about him. Two other things. One. You know how I tell you all the time that people leading you, you know, the CEO, the senator, the congressman, the general, all all the leaders out there, part of the reason I'm so confident when I talk to these people is because I've talked to so many of these people before, and they're just so average. They're so incredibly average. You think to yourself, they're these special beings. we, We think in this way, super special. They're not. They're just very average. That does not apply to Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is the smartest human being I've ever talked to in my entire life. And not that it's intimidating, because look, I went to community college. I'm used to everybody being smarter than me when I talk to them. So it's not that it's intimidating, but it's that you can tell this person's speaking kind of above me and he couldn't speak to me if he wanted to. (laughs) Part of, the reason, part of the reason people love the show, apparently, which is ridiculous that people love the show this much. I'm glad they do. But part of the reason people love the show this much is they say you know it's relatable. I'm relatable. Well, yeah, that's because I'm dumber than you. Of course I'm relatable. Ted Cruz has more difficulty with that. His IQ is like 9,000. He can't really relate. Now, that's, that's all the Ted Cruz stuff I'm going to say for now, except for this portion of it. Ted Cruz is not a man you want to debate. And Ted Cruz is not a man you want asking you questions. Remember, this dude was a law clerk for the Chief Justice. He has argued, argued cases in front of the Supreme Court. Those are pretty accomplished lawyer-type people, and they're interrogating you back. Ted Cruz has argued cases in front of the Supreme Court, and he was on the Harvard debate team. He's a master debater. So watching Ted Cruz... Absolutely, barbecue, Attorney General Merrick Garland. Today, I got to be honest; I cringed a little bit.
5: Let me ask you something, General Garland. In the letter which you told the House of Representatives was the basis for this abusive memo targeting parents, how many incidents are cited in that memo?
3: I have to look back through the memo. I can't count
5: it. You don't know how many of them were violent. Again,
3: the the general report. How
5: many of them were violent? Do you know? I don't know. You don't know. And there's a reason you don't know. Because you didn't care, and nobody in your office cared to find out. I did a quick count just sitting here. During this hearing, I counted 20 incidents cited. Of the 20, 15 on their face are nonviolent. They involve things like insult. On the face of it are not violent. They're not threats of violence. They're parents who are unhappy. Yet, miraculously, when you write a memo, the opening line of your memo... In recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. You know what? You didn't look, and nobody on your on your staff looked. Did you even look up the twenty instances?
3: Look, as I testified, the decision to make uh, the send a memo is for an assessment. Did
5: you look up the problem. twenty instances?
3: I did not read. Did anyone
5: on your staff look them up? I
3: don't know the answer, but it's not. Uh, only but of the course memo. you
5: don't. In general, there's a reason. Look, you started your career as a law clerk to Justice Brennan. You've had many law clerks during the year, during your time as a judge. I was a clerk to Chief Justice Rehnquist. I'll tell you what, if I drafted an opinion for the Chief Justice and walked in and it said, there's a disturbing pattern of violence. Well, Ted, how do you know that? Well, I got an abacus brief here who claims it. You would fire a law clerk who did that. You're the Attorney General of the United States.
0: Mm, mm That is ugly. But wasn't it pathetic listening to Merrick Garland? I mean, wasn't it pathetic? And remember what a big deal it is. This applies to everybody in the United States of America. Remember what a huge deal it is that Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States of America, that he took a letter from the National School Board Association a letter that we now know the White House helped draft. He took a letter and didn't look into it or confirm anything and issued a directive to the Federal Bureau of Investigation to go after concerned parents. And now we know these incidents, these phantom incidents out there, That there wasn't violence.
2: And in fact, m- most of the incidents... In the letter, were
3: did not involve threats of violence, did they? I think that's correct. Most of them did not. Yeah.
0: Okay, then why did you send the Federal Bureau of Investigation after parents? It is. It, it's gotten so despotic and flat out weird with this stuff. I, I think. I think people don't appreciate it enough anymore. I don't appreciate it enough anymore because there's been. This is what's happened since Joe Biden got elected. Everything has gotten so much worse so quickly that we simply do not have time to digest one horrible thing before the next horrible thing comes down the pike and then the next horrible thing after that and then the next horrible thing after that. And so what it's doing is it's it's creating this feeling in you and me of... I am uh, surrounded and I'm overwhelmed and there's just too much to unpack and there's too much to be outraged about. And what should we, what should we be yelling about? I mean, remember this. Remember, remember Afghanistan? Doesn't that seem like it was 10 years ago? We just got done with the biggest foreign policy disaster in the United States of America since the Vietnam War. That was only two months ago. We just got done with that, and it feels like it was forever ago. We, we got 13 of our people killed, and then in response to getting 13 of our best and brightest killed, we drone-striked a family of 10. We don't like to talk about these things because we're Americans, right? No one likes to think about it that way. We committed a war crime there. You know, that's a war crime. I don't care that it was done with a Reaper drone instead of with a bayonet. That's a war crime. We took an aid worker and we incinerated him and little kids with him. And nobody, not one human being has resigned. Not one. We are led by the worst people in the world right now. And it's overwhelming people. All right, let's have that uncomfortable conversation I told you we were gonna have next. But are you overwhelmed with all the garbage on television too? That overwhelms me. I'm overwhelmed with the stuff I see on radio too. It overwhelms me with the books. You can't even find books anymore. What books do you buy your kids? Oh, pause on that for a second. I have the books you can buy for your kids. It's called the Tuttle Twins books. Doesn't matter how old your kids are, they can be tiny, they can be teenagers. They have Tuttle Twins books for every age group, and they will not only teach your kids, they will teach you about freedom, property rights, socialism, free markets. They'll teach your kids and you about the golden rule, what to learn, what not to learn, what are rights. What are These are the best books out there. they what you've been looking for. I get asked all the time, what do I get my kids? They're here. Go to tuttle That's tuttle twins You get 35% off and a free activity workbook when you go to tuttle Make sure your kids and you are safe from socialism. tuttle twins Truth attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and don't forget, we got Ashley Babbitt's mom coming up about 40 minutes from now. I'll tell you why last night sucked. (laughs) That's That's about an hour from now. But Chris, what is my favorite thing in the world? Myself. What, Chris? Everyone knows this. I am a small, narcissistic sociopath who only cares about himself, right? That's who I am. Everybody understands that's who I am. And therefore, whenever I say something and it turns out to be correct, man, is that the best thing in the world? Because look, I know a lot of people are above saying, I told you so. (laughs) Not me. Not me. That is my specialty. Do you remember last week? Do you remember like six days ago? When I came on the air and I said this, but we all make this mistake when we think about government, the people in our government, presidents and senators and director of the FBI, attorney general, we think they have more information than we do. I- even the ones we hate, you know, the, the, surely they have reports. There are reports, right? We don't, we don't know where the reports would come from or anything like that, but I'm sure they've got you know, intelligence and reports and, and papers. Someone is bringing papers. But... I know this is a bitter pill to swallow for people. The people who run your country are all idiots, and they have no idea what they're doing, and they're actually not more informed than you. The most powerful people in the United States of America are actually less informed than you are. I know that sucks, right? You want you want informed leaders who at least have some idea what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. You know the attorney general is the top law enforcement officer in the country, right? That's his rank. So he, he numero uno, right? So surely he gets these reports. He's got reports and stuff. Remember when he sent out the letter sicking the FBI on parents who were mad about CRT and masks and things like that? I mean, threatening parents with the FBI? Well, surely he had reports. They heard There had to be reports listen to this exchange between merrick garland and jim jordan from today
4: first sentence of your memo very first sentence you said in recent months there's been a disturbing spike in harassment intimidation threats of violence yes when did you first review the data showing this so-called disturbing uptick
3: so i read the letter and we have been seeing over time Whoa, whoa 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 i didn't ask you so you read the letter that's that's your source so, let me be clear, we, this is not a prosecution or an Is there some study,
4: some effort, some investigation someone did that said there's been a disturbing
3: uptick, or you just take the words of the National School Board Association? When well, the National School Board Association, which represents thousands of school boards and school board members, says that there are these kind of threats. When we read in the newspapers reports of threats of violence, when that is in the context of threats of violence The source all. for
4: this, for the very first line in your, in your mouth... Time of the Gentleman has
3: expired. Was the School the time association of the Gentleman has expired, Mr.
0: Deutsch. Oh, yeah. You remember when I said that, right? Now, I just want to extend a heartfelt thank you to United States Senator Dick Durbin. He's a senator from Illinois. He is, well, he's never been exactly a wonderful human being, but... This is from today. Remember when I said they don't have reports? There aren't these reports. These aren't informative people. I want you to listen to where this United States senator gets his information.
3: And those who argue that school board meetings across America are not more dangerous and more violent than in the past are ignoring reality. I went on it and just typed in this morning school board violence on one of the search engines. Page after page is coming up.
0: What? one of the search engines (laughs) what you're a United States Senator there are only a hundred of them what do they call it the most exclusive club in the world you're a United States Senator and by the way I've been in the office of some of these senators I know a few of these guys um what's the best way to describe it if you're in the House of Representatives if you walk in the, the the office of a member of the House of Representatives, just a normal one, this doesn't apply to leadership, speakers and whatnot, but a normal member of the House of Representatives, you will walk in and there will be, it, it's a four or five room office, a standard office, I would guess 1,400, 1,500 square feet. That's about what it is. standard little office cubbyhole you'd see at any strip mall. You walk in the office of a United States senator, they have entire wings because they're, they're, you know, quote, in charge of whole states. You cannot comprehend how many staffers and offices and rooms and conference rooms and things like that each United States senator has. And so because of that, you have this image. And I have this image that these people are getting some kind of official information. And, of course, you know, you may not agree with Dick Durbin, but that's how they're, of course, setting policy and whatnot. They at least know a bunch of stuff they don't these people these people they're they're on twitter right now just like you are browsing the headlines and if it's not them personally for the ones who are too old to even work a smartphone and you know that's that's a bunch of them if it's not them personally on twitter or facebook or something like that getting the news and then setting national policy because of it it's it's their 25 year old communist staffer who just got out of Communist University. He's now been an intern or, or working in communications for some D.C. think tank or, or communist uh, activist group forever. And now he works for Senator Dick Durbin. And he's the one who puts together the air fingers quote report. And he goes to all of his nutso left-wing websites and gathers as many articles, if that's what you even want to call. And that's what he presents the senator with. the The... You'll run into people out there on the right sometimes who will say things like, nah, no, these are just, these are people who only exist online. This is some nutso, nutso fringe group that only exists online. You don't understand. The nutso fringe group that exists online, they're the ones guiding policy in the United States of America. They're the ones in charge. You know that scene from that movie? Where the Somali pirates take over and he says, look at me. I'm the captain now. It's a famous scene. They're the captain now. They're the ones running things. These people, these, these old school Democrats, they ain't running nothing. I'll show you an example of that in just a second. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, only 25 minutes away. We get to speak to Ashley Babbitt's mom. I'm sure she's going to have some things to say. I can imagine what she's been through. But I mentioned before that people on the right will try to convince themselves that the complete radical nut job portion of the left, that it's only some online phenomenon or it's just in some tiny little corner. You don't understand what's happening. They're running things now. Even your older, more moderate Democrat has to bow to these nutjobs. Now, remember, Nancy Pelosi almost didn't get the speakership back because of these people. I want you to listen to something, and I want you to listen to it. Good. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, but I want you to listen to something this person is about to say. Okay? Just listen closely, and then I'll tell you who it is.
2: Today, on Intersex Awareness Day, we recognize the voices and contributions of intersex communities in the United States and around the world. Too often, intersex persons are subjected to violence, to discrimination and abuse solely on the basis of their sex characteristics. We recognize these obstacles and are clear in our commitment to support intersex people. As President Biden and Secretary Blinken have made clear, it is the policy of the United States to pursue an end to violence and discrimination on the basis of gender, of sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, or sex characteristics. The Department of State is committed to promoting the freedom, the dignity, and equality of all persons, including, of course, intersex persons, and we will continue to do that.
0: That is somebody who works for the United States State Department. That person right there, he works for the State Department. That person works directly with other countries around the world. He has an official position with the United States government. Intersex persons? Are all these people complete nutballs? Are, are all of them complete nutballs? 877 eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. I have been taking many calls this week and everyone's yelling, so I'm going to go to the phones here real quick. But remember, no hi, Jesse. No, I love you, Jesse. No, how are you doing? No small talk. When I go to you, get right to your point and get right to the point. All right? Veronica in New York, I'm going to you because every Veronica I've ever known has been hot. Go, Veronica.
1: All right. So uh, I heard a tail end of this uh, comment about, you know, talking, uh, tensions between Jews and African Americans, and I wanted to know because I was actually listening, driving home, is this in the East Coast? Is it um, is it a very broad spectrum that there's tension? Is there a certain timeline, and it's getting better? Um, because my experience growing up in the Midwest, I'm in my fifties, and and the East Coast, I've never experienced that.
0: Well, uh, thank you for the phone call. The, 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 I was talking earlier in the show, especially in the New York portion of it, about about there's so much tension right now between Jewish people and black people, mainly in New York City, to answer your question. It's mainly in New York City. No, this is not some nationwide phenomenon. It takes place in other places. Chris has never even heard of it. He's a Jew. In New York, though, it's a thing. It's a big-time thing. But New York's a different... A lot of these big cities are different places, and New York is a different kind of an animal. And I've been in New York and Chicago and L.A. and all these big cities. I've I've been in Tokyo, right? I've been in big cities around the world. New York is just... Different. I mean, they, they, they say that America is a melting pot. They, they love saying that. New York, I can't decide if it's a melting pot or a buffet with a bunch of different options because people very much segregate in New York. And there has always been an Italian part of town. There's always been a Chinatown, a Jewish part of town, black part. Of, there's, it's always been there. And whenever you have separate cultures living together, there's going to be tension. There's always going to be tension. All right, let's get to some emails. I've been super (laughs) negligent on that, too. Dear Food Lord, it seems every time I listen to your show, I am hearing awesome ways to prepare different foods. Unfortunately, I spend just about every weekday on the road and have forgotten important details by the weekend. Please write a cookbook filled with your culinary knowledge. This is something I would actually pre-order for an autographed copy. Uh, Well, no, no. I have actually had people ask me that before, to to write a cookbook. Remember, a couple things. I don't write. I hate writing. What, Chris? I understand that's kind of how I got my start. But, you see, Chris says I got my start as a writer. I wrote a few things for The Federalist, like five or six things, I think, or something like that. They just happened to kind of blow up, and people liked them. But you can tell from my grammar, I'm not exactly educated, Okay. That's one. And two, I hate writing. I, and I realize that sounds weird to people who don't hate writing. But if you were to tell me, Jesse, well, I mean, shoot, I do it every day. I do five hours of media every day, four hours of radio, one of TV. It doesn't bother me at all. But if you were to tell me, Jesse, n- no radio today, no TV today. You got the day off. But we need you to write a thousand words. I would get that feeling In the pit of my stomach, like most people get when they have to speak in front of crowds, that's how much I hate it. That's how much I despise writing. So I'm never writing. They want me to write a book so bad, and I'm not writing a book. And on the cookbook thing, I am not a good cook. That's not true. I'm I'm a menu whisperer. I'm the greatest food orderer on the planet. That's not debatable. But I can't cook anything except cheeseburgers. I make the best cheeseburger on the planet. That's, of course, what you're talking about. I make the best cheeseburger on the planet. Simply because I worked at it for like 16 years when I got out of the Marine Corps, and don't ask me when I got where I or how I got to this stupid obsession. I decided I was just super into cheeseburgers. I loved them. I still look. I still love them. It's, it's my favorite food. I swear it would be my last meal. It wouldn't even be a steak. It'd be a burger. I decided I was going to because I hated everybody at the time. I was a very very violent, very quiet person, so I just wanted to be by myself. I decided I was just going to start working on making a burger. That's all. I just wanted to be by myself in my apartment, and I wanted to drink beer in the dark and try to make cheeseburgers. So I just started working with it and working with it and working with it and working with it. I am not a good cook. I am a great food orderer, and I make the best cheeseburger on the planet. See how humble I am, Chris? What? That was humble. Whatever. You don't even know what humility is. Hi, Jesse. I work for a large carrier railroad who has decided to implement the mandate they announced this... Or. Look, again, I'm not judging anybody. Everyone knows I'm uneducated. Just some community college credits. Some of y'all really need to learn how to work in some periods because I, I read this email on the air and I have to work in periods for you. Moving on. I work for a large railroad carrier who has decided to implement the mandate period. That's where a period should go. They announced this two to three weeks ago and we have until December 8th to report our vaccination status. That's where another period should go. I cannot give you an exact number on how many employees of this railroad will walk out on December 8th, but I can tell you that I am one of these employees that will walk out. I will not accept forced vaccination. This is my livelihood they're talking about. I will find another way to earn a living. One, as always, respect to you. Periods or no periods, that's freaking awesome. I just had a conversation with... A uh, good friend of mine, he's in this business. If I told you his name, you would know his name, but I'm not going into that right now. Good friend of mine who's in this business, who's he's currently in this same kind of fight, and it's wearing on him. And it's where make sure you're reaching out to people at your job, friends, relatives who are going through this right now. I might lose my job, I'm losing my job job. Make sure you're reaching out to people, checking on them. Making sure people are staying strong. Making sure people are staying strong and making sure you're there to help them along if they're making the choice to stand up against this tyranny. If they are, help them. And allow me to say this again because I realize a lot of people are nervous right now coming up on a job loss and whatnot. Listen, you're more marketable than you think you are. You are somebody who thinks for yourself. You can tell because you're not taking something you don't want to take. Instead, you're walking away. You're somebody who is very, very marketable. You're going to be fine. Might be a rough Christmas this year. I get that. No one loves the valleys of life. Nobody loves the valleys of life. I don't love them either. <laughs> I've, been, I've driven myself into plenty of them, but you'll get through it. I promise. I promise. All right. One more. Jesse, three million employees at multiple plants in Minnesota, Nebraska, Missouri, and across the country are walking out over 3M's vaccine mandate. Three, oh, I'm sorry, 3M employees at multiple plants. There are a lot of these mandates that these companies are passing down. They're not coming down. They're not official till November and December. That's a consistent theme I'm seeing from people who write in. It t- this goes into effect in November. This goes into effect in December. I think we have some real, real rough times coming over the next couple months because they haven't actually hit yet. A lot of this hasn't actually hit yet. And the Biden administration can lie through their teeth all they want about, well, they're 99%. See, it's working. There are going to be millions of Americans, millions of them, who are walking away from their jobs, losing their jobs in November and December. Ooh, boy, those are going to be some interesting times. It's crazy out there. It's crazy. And look, people get violent in these times, too. Something to think about. People get violent in these times. When I, when I tell you about a hero gun, when I tell you about a hero gun, that's why I'm saying it to you. I don't feel like we're going to be living in as safe a country as we've lived in. And anyone can use the thing. It doesn't take a concealed carry permit. It's got a laser sight. You can use it day one. Day one. Yourself, your spouse, get a hero gun. It shoots these non-lethal pepper balls, and they are just brutal. And they may be non-lethal, but they shoot at 100 miles per hour. You're going to feel it. And once it hits... This pepper irritant, it's way more powerful than that pepper spray you carry. It is so debilitating, you cannot function. This thing's won awards for a reason. Go to hero2020.com and use the code Jesse. It'll get you a special discount. I recommend one for you and your spouse. Hero2020.com, code Jesse. State restrictions apply. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Did you see this about Hunter Biden's paintings? (laughs) Jeez, This is so blatantly corrupt. My buddy, Matt Palumbo at uh, Bongino.com. This is his headline. Hunter Biden's paintings sell for more than Picasso's. You can buy a Picasso, a signed Picasso for $400,000. That's cheaper than Hunter Biden's. $500,000 $500,000 paintings. What, Chris? Chris said that's a half a million dollars for a meth head. For, uh, yeah, but th- this is what's so uh, wild about this. It's so obvious this is a corrupt payout to get close to dad, right? There's no Hunter Biden in and of himself. He provides no value to anybody. I mean, and I'm not, that's not even me making fun of his personal life. Yeah, he's a disaster of a human being, but Hunter Biden provides no value at all, none. Dad has all the value. And it really is, it is wild how the media spent four years talking about speaking truth to power when Donald Trump was in office. And here you have the crackhead son of the president of the United States getting 500 G's, a painting for crappy artwork. I don't know anything about artwork, but the artist friends I have, they're like, it's not even good. Getting 500 G's, a painting, and we don't know who's buying them. We don't know who's buying them. And so, look, let's just be honest. We can be honest about what we're thinking. China? Anybody? I mean, remember, remember, Hunter Biden is still invested in China. He's still financially invested in China. He is. And Joe Biden. We have all the emails from Hunter Biden's laptop And we know about 10% for the big guy. Remember that was in the emails and we had the Tony Bobolinsky guy who came out and said, ah, that's Joe Biden. What if China is paying off the son of the president of the United States of America? Isn't that wild? Isn't isn't that wild to think about? And here's the thing. That's not some crazy conspiracy theory. You look at this. That's the likely scenario. There's not a, who else is paying five hundred thousand dollars for Hunter Biden's paintings? It's not like they're worth anything once Joe Biden's done in the White House in about fifteen minutes, which we all know is coming. Whew. Tough times, tough times out there. You know what? I need Chris. You know what? I need a little pick me up. I need you to play me Tom Cotton. This is only a couple seconds long. Just pasting Merrick Garland today.
2: Ay, ay, ay,
3: ay, I am the Frito Bandido. Hey, hey. I like Frito's corn chips, I love them, I do. I want Frito corn chips, I'll get them from you.
2: Ay, 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 ay. oh, I am
3: the Frito bandito. Give me Frito's corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito bandito, you must not offend.
0: Munch, munch, oh, munch. that was beautiful, Chris. That wasn't exactly the audio cut I called for, but you know what? You're never going to get in trouble with me for Frito Bandito. But do you think maybe we could hear the one I actually asked for? Now, Tom Cotton and Merrick Garland. This is shameful.
4: That's, this here, this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. That's thank not. Thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, Judge. <laughs>
0: It was so good. And you know the best part was with that silence there at the end of it? I wasn't just eating uh, my Munchies chip mix, although I was doing that. That silence was Merrick Garland. If you see the video of it, he's sitting there looking like just this sniveling, scared little weasel after he got blasted like that. And by the way, Merrick Garland, buck up, buttercup. I understand you're a communist and a loser and a lifelong D.C. guy, but show some pride, man. Where are these guys' dads? Do, do these do people not have fathers anymore? Who looks that scared and weak and pathetic? Ted Cruz. When Ted Cruz was hammering Merrick Garland, I swear, I thought he was going to cry. In, in case you missed it, I'm going to play it again later on in the show. Don't worry. If you missed it, probably 20, 30 minutes from now, I'll play it again. We have to speak to Ashley Babbitt's mom here in about five minutes. But I honestly, I thought Merrick Garland might cry. It was embarrassing. And this is not some... It's not some 14-year-old kid who's still figuring out who he is, getting his legs under him. Dude, you're the attorney general. I think he's 60. He's close to 60 years old. You've spent your life in law and arguing and all these other things, and some senator made you cry? Gosh, that's embarrassing. Jesse, while everyone, everyone is speculating that it will either be Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis running for president in 2024, I think you're leaving one dark horse out of the equation, and that would be Mike Pompeo. He is rested, shed about 120 pounds, is smart like a fox, and is just what this country needs. The top brass won't be pulling anything over Pompeo's heads, over Pompeo's eyes, and China and, and Russia will blink first in his presence. Pompeo 2024." I'll be honest with you. I can't even count how many emails we get to the show every day. That is the first one I've heard touting Mike Pompeo. But I don't dislike Mike Pompeo. And I don't worship politicians, any of them, not on the right or the left. If Mike Pompeo emerges as that guy and he's the guy, then okay, he can be the guy. I do have a little bit of a concern, not not about Mike Pompeo himself, because I don't know him. I know, I know a lot of these guys or know people close to them. I don't really know anybody close to Pompeo, so I don't want to act like I have some inside knowledge. I am a little worried about him already getting crossways with Trump. Not that that's you know Pompeo's fault or Trump's fault. I don't know that I don't know all the information in there, but I will say this: if if you get crossways with Trump, especially on the Republican side, I mean you're finished for better or for worse. Donald Trump can destroy you in your popularity. That's, that's not. That's, I, I understand a lot of people don't really want him to run again, and and they even the ones who liked him, a lot of them. A lot of them don't want him to run again. But Donald Trump can still wreck you. If he sets his eyes on you, he could wreck you. All right. Ashley Babbitt's mother, she joins us next. We just felt like she, she deserves to have her voice heard. Hang on for this It is the Jesse Kelly show and January 6th this and January 6th that you can't, you can't go five seconds now without some Democrat or media hack out there whining about January 6th and they'll say things like there were five people killed. I just saw AOC the other day said almost 10 people were killed. Let's be real clear about something. We don't succumb to media pressure around here. There was one person killed on that day. Her name was Ashley Babbitt. All right? One person was killed on that day. And joining me now is her mother, Mickey Whithoff. Mickey, thank you so much for joining me. I, um, I'm going to skip right past how sorry I am for your loss. I, I can't possibly imagine. I'm a parent myself. I'm going to skip right to the part where you tell me what are they telling you about what happened and why it happened.
1: Well, I'm not hearing anything different than anybody else is hearing, really. Uh, You know, I've had to hear Michael Leroy Bird tout himself as a hero and and, um, Lester Holt throwing him those softballs. But I I feel like uh, Michael Bird should not have been there to shoot my daughter because, as most of America may know by now, in 2018, I believe, he left his loaded Glock in the restroom at at, at a... um, visitor center in the capitol building and it was discovered by somebody else so i feel at that time he should have been let go and he did tell lester holt that he had been disciplined but i would have liked to see lester holt press him on how he was disciplined because i don't believe he was disciplined
0: okay what else do we know about this man who shot ashley do we know anything else about him we know he was a capitol police officer do we know anything about him
1: Um, I don't know anything about him personally. I know that the Capitol Police operate with complete impunity, and I didn't know that until they murdered my child in public and nobody's had to answer for it. You know, Ashley was publicly executed. I know that um, Ashley was security forces in the Air Force and was well-versed in the use of force continuum, and if she had been told or given any command, she would have followed it. So I believe with my heart he never gave her any command, and nobody around him responded to anything that he may or may not have said.
0: Did so. Ashley have some sort of a history of violent protest out there? Is this somebody law enforcement should have been on the lookout for?
1: Ashley had no violent protests. She would go to Trump rallies and vote rallies and and um, anything about Donald Trump, she was there. But Ashley has no arrests and no violence in her history.
0: Speaking with Mickey Whithoff, she is the mother of Ashley Babbitt. All right. Uh, what... What legal recourse do you have now? Does the family of Ashley have now? I know she left people behind. What's being done? Are you gaining any ground there? Expand on that.
1: Well, I, I, we have very competent lawyers that are pushing forward for a violation of Ashley's civil rights. And I believe that her civil rights were absolutely violated. Her human rights were absolutely violated. You know, Ashley was a 115-pound, five-foot-two woman and posed no threat to anybody. And if you listen to Michael Bird tell it, he had already evacuated everybody in the chamber. He was a single-handed hero that day, according to him.
0: Well, what was so? He wasn't standing in front of some congressman or senator. He had evacuated everybody by his own admission.
1: He said, "It's my understanding that he had already evacuated the room." Like I said, he tells himself single-handedly as a hero that day. But I I would like to say that um, you know, there were almost a million people there that day to, to redress the certification of the vote, and, and that's what my daughter was there for. Ashley was a true patriot and answered the call to this country, of this country several times, four tours of duty over uh, in the Middle East. And uh, like I've said before, there were days when I was surprised not to get a call that something bad had happened to her, but to have her come home and be shot down by her own government. And nobody have to answer any questions. You know, Christopher Ray can't answer a question. Merrick Garland can't answer a question. Rosen can't answer a question. Nancy Pelosi can't answer a question. It's like, what are they trying to hide? And the 14,000 hours of missing footage they suddenly don't have money to develop... That's because they know that that would show bad behavior on the on ca- on the on the um, part of the Capitol Police. It would show involvement by the FBI. There are political prisoners still sitting in jail with our two-tier system that we have now that have not heard the discovery against them. And I believe in my heart that's because if they see the discovery against them, that would also illustrate the bad behavior of Capitol Police and the culpability of the FBI.
0: Indeed it would. All right, Mickey, uh, speaking with Mickey Whithoff, the mother of Ashley Babbitt. Mickey, is there some... Place people can go to show some support for Ashley in some way.
1: Ashley, her her um, legal team has a Justice for Ashley Babbitt Legal Fund that gives send go, and as everybody may imagine, this is going to be like a David versus Goliath because um, the government's powerful. They're not telling the truth. They're hiding things. And and um, you know, when I went to when I woke up on January sixth, I was an American believing in my, my FBI, believing in my government. And I feel completely different. They are definitely hiding things from us and, and keeping things from us that American people have a right to know. And and back to the 14,000 hours of missing footage, that's our footage. That's we the people. We the people own that footage. We own the equipment it was filmed on. We pay the people to film to, that took the footage. And and I just don't understand how they're being allowed to not, not expose it, not release it.
0: Yeah, I I think we all do understand how they're doing it. I'll tell you that much because the, the, this is clearly they're they're covering up something. You don't you don't hide fourteen thousand hours of video footage if it was some dangerous coup that almost took down the American government. You show the entire country that footage. But I, I guess I don't need to tell you that, Mickey Widoff. God bless. Keep you in our prayers, ma'am.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the time to speak about it.
0: You bet. Look. One person was killed that day, and I know every single time, every single time, there's an, a shooting in this country where a police officer shoots somebody and kills somebody, immediately there are calls to release all the tapes. The officer is almost always immediately suspended. Oftentimes their lives are destroyed and I have been told time and time and time again, the same way you have been told, I've been told that that is, you know, to speaking truth to power and we got to hold police accountable. The feeling out there right now, you just heard her describe it about the FBI and DOJ and government and things like that. The feeling out there right now is there are two different justice systems in this country. And if you're on the right you are going to be trampled underfoot by our justice system. That is a really, really, really dangerous place to be as a nation. If you feel like there is no place for you to find justice in the United States of America, if you're on the right, it's a dangerous place to be. And here's what I mean by dangerous. People will seek it out no matter what. If you tell me as a person on the right... If you tell me I can't seek out the the, the intended avenues of justice, the traditional ones, I can't go to the law, police won't be held accountable, uh, rioters and looters won't be held accountable if they attack me. If you take take away the legitimate sources of justice for me, well, then people are going to start looking for illegitimate sources of justice. And that's when you start to get a dangerous powder keg type situation. That's when you're going to start to get people organizing big time and maybe organizing in ways we're not comfortable with. All right. I have a ton of emails I'm going to get to now. I am going to finally unplug this email backlog. There's all kinds of stuff. And I know you're going to find this shocking. There's one about food next. But first, speaking of food. How are you planning on buying food when the value of the dollar continues to get destroyed? Did I, did I even read you the numbers from last night? Did I read you the numbers about how much food has gone up? Beef, 22%. Ham, 7%. Spices, 4%. Coffee, my goodness, coffee's up 4%. 12% on eggs. The value of the dollar continues to go down. Buy some gold from Oxford Gold Group. They will deliver gold to your front door. No, I didn't say sell your home and buy all the gold. Get some gold in your possession so you know no matter what, no matter what these idiot politicians do, you have value. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell Oxford Gold Group that Jesse told you to call. They will take special care of you. 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. Get some value the government can't take away from you. Fighting for your freedom every day. The Jesse
4: Kelly Show.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And look, for anybody who was asking, I've, I've been asked several times already, how was the game last night? How was the game? I went to that World Series game last night. My buddy had an extra ticket, offered it to me. I was like, yeah, I'll go. Um, I know this is going to make me sound really bad. I understand how this is going to make me sound. I thought it sucked. And it's not because the the team lost, whatever. I don't even care about baseball. The experience sucked. And I know you probably shouldn't say that, right? Because people are like, well, I want to go to the World Series. And what a cool experience. I'm six foot eight. I am six foot eight. I show up at the game. I grab some nachos and a beer on the way to my seat. I think it was, I'll have to look at my phone. I'm pretty sure it was $24 for nachos in a beer, nachos in a beer. I then make my way down the stairs and to get to my seat, I look down this aisle and there are four good sized dudes sitting there with their knees buried in the seats in front of them. They all look up at me and they're nice about it but they all stand up and I have to do that give them the butt not the other end thing as I squeeze by them on the way down to my chair I then sit down in my chair and I'm I have wide shoulders Anyone with even decently wide shoulders stretches out over the seat beside them. Well everybody beside me had decently wide shoulders. So I'm sitting there hunched over this thing of nachos with my beer buried in my knee and the cup holder in front of me. The lady behind me, she had to be four five. She had to be four foot five and she was just a tiny little thing and I couldn't stand up. so every time everyone stood up, I would stay seated because I didn't want to ruin her in-game experience. Why is that fun? At some point in time, I had to pee. I'm sorry. I'm a human being. I had to go pee. So I had to have all the guys stand up again as I walk on by, and then I make my way up to the bathroom where I wait in line for 15 minutes to go in, use the bathroom. It reeks in there. People, you know know how much I hate public restrooms anyway. It was just disgusting. Tell me why that's a superior experience to going home seeing the wife and kids, sitting down, having a dinner, having maybe a home-cooked meal. The wife's making fettuccine and scallops tonight. Fettuccine makes the best fettuccine in the world. It's fettuccine and scallops tonight. We got the scallops at that farmer's market. If you're down here uh, in Houston close to the water, you get good scallops. Fettuccine and scallops tonight. And then when I'm done with the fettuccine and scallops, I go – If I want to watch the game, which I don't, because, again, I'm not into professional sports, but if I wanted to watch the game tonight, I would maybe pour myself a little glass of bourbon, maybe grab a butt Heavy, go sit down on my couch in the climate control where I have a full belly of food that I didn't spend a fortune on. Chris, I can complain about prices, too, okay? That's not exclusively your role. You just take it, obviously, to an extreme level, okay? I don't like paying $24 for a beer and some nachos. That's ridiculous. But I, don't, don't interrupt. But tonight, if I wanted to, while I was watching the game, if at some point in time I wanted to pause it, or what if I had to pee again? I would get up from my couch. I would walk over to a bathroom that is clean, that I know some drunken idiot hasn't peed all over, and I would use a clean restroom and then go right back and sit down in my chair. And, and, I know this is making me sound like the bitter old person, and on top of all that, when I got tired, and I got tired last night. I don't stay up till 11, okay? I got tired last night. When I get tired, if I was to do all this tonight, if I got tired, you know what I would do? I would reach over and grab that thing called the remote control, and I would press the power button on the television, and then I would walk into my bedroom and go to sleep. You know what I did when I was tired last night at the game? Had to convince everyone else I was with that it was time to go anyway. We're all yawning. We then had to make our way out of the stadium, which takes a half hour wading through the seas of people, get out in the streets, and then drive an hour to get home. I know that makes me sound unappreciative and like a bad person. And I, everything you say about me right now is totally warranted. And maybe I'm just getting old and bitter, but the at-home experience is so much better than the in-game experience for a lot of these sports for a lot of these sports. And that's without me having to pay. Think if I had to pay, how bitter I'd be. All right. there, like, look, I, I just, I, you're the only one I have to talk to. Okay? I had to vent. I had to come on here and vent. Let's get to some emails. You know what? The rest of my show might be email heavy tonight. It might be email heavy because I've gotten so far behind and there are so many good ones and I continue to get distracted with other things. Let's get to this one. Dear Shogun, I was at the store yesterday to stock up on some Chipotle, Chaba- Chipotle Tabasco so I can make your famous cheeseburgers for dinner. I noticed that there was only one bottle of Chipotle Tabasco left, and I had to get an employee to help me get it down off the shelf. All the other Tabasco flavors were fully stocked. I can only attribute this to the great success of your burger recipe. I'm in the blue state of Pennsylvania. Keep up the good work. It's actually hilarious. You can't imagine how many pictures of empty Chipotle Tabasco shelves in the grocery store I've been sent over the past couple weeks since that recipe went wild. And this is no joke. I'm, I'm I'm telling you this right off the bat. I reached out to the sales guy. He's, he's handy. he handles doing all the sponsorships and stuff like that for the radio show. Yeah, you know, that's how the show stays on the air. It's not a charity, right? It stays on the air by sponsors. And I told him, <clears throat> get a hold of somebody at Tabasco and uh, let them know there's a reason that Chipotle Tabasco is sold out across the country for the last week or so and tell them to pay me. (laughs) Look, it's not going to work by the way. There's no way companies like that. Companies like that. I doubt very much are going to wait in the political realm, but they should Chris. They should. You never know. You never know. (laughs) I'm not so sure the people fleeing the communist States of Florida are turning it red. I suspect many are bringing their politics with them. They are like a swarm of locusts. After they destroy one state, they move on to destroy another. All right, And he said, don't forget, our governor, Heavy D, barely defeated the drug addict communist, Andrew Gillum. I hope you're right. I'm just saying. He said, keep up the work, Semper Fi. He said, I can use his name. His name is Mike. Now, hear me out here. I have I have a couple thoughts on this, about people fleeing blue states to red states. In a normal situation, in a normal phase of the country, I would agree that you're right, Mike, and everyone who says this. It's not a guarantee they're going to vote red. There's going to be all kinds of Democrats who don't want to live under Democrat policies. And they move to red areas. Florida's been going through this with New Yorkers for the longest time. For the longest time. That's what turned Florida from a reliably red state to, man, kind of purple. Kind of a coin toss. Could go either way. It was New Yorkers retiring not wanting to pay those retirement rates in Florida, that retirement money you have saved up, go further, in, or, or not wanting to pay those retirement rates in New York, wanting to pay them in Florida. You retire with half a million dollars or a million dollars, whatever people retire with, goes a lot further in a cheaper state. So that's why they were moving. They were flooding to Florida. People were complaining it was turning Florida blue. Well, it was. But there is something new afoot right now. I'll explain in just a second.
1: Well, new York.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly Show, final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. And just a quick reminder for everybody, if you missed any part of the show, the whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. There's like 1,200 of them now, and it's the funniest freaking thing in the world. And if you want to email the show, remember... Your love, your hate, your death threats, everything is welcome. You're asked Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. They all go to jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Chris gets those emails. He prints them all out for me. I read them all. I won't respond. I'm a very rude person, and I get way too many. But back to the guy's email, he had a question about he's worried about it's Democrats fleeing blue states to go to red states and turning them blue. And I'll be honest, the guy's not wrong about what has happened. But what is happening is different than what has happened. And here's what I mean. There's a video floating around today of a woman on the subway in New York City. It's, it's, it's ugly. This, this woman is, I don't know if she's really short or he's really big, but there's a big dude there. And he eventually, at some point in time, it's just the most disgusting thing you've ever seen, he just reaches back and drills her in the face. Just the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. The blue areas of this country, the real blue areas of this country, they have gone from Really cool places that vote Democrat, right? It's oh it's it's. Uh, look, I love it here, but they vote Democrat. That's okay. I can live with it because it's just so cool to be here. That's the sell of a city, isn't it? I mean, this show's on everywhere. It's uh, I'm, New York City's hearing me speak right now. This took place in New York, San Diego, L.A. It's just everywhere. The, the show was on. So, you know what I'm talking about? The cities were Democrat, yeah, but so cool, so much to do, concerts and food, and, and especially if you're single, my goodness, pretty girls, cute dudes, theres it's just its the place you want to be. The cities are becoming so uninhabitable. The blue areas are becoming so uninhabitable for people who have different values they're the ones leaving now. And that's not me guessing on that. I actually have numbers. There's a group here in Texas. A lot of states have groups like this. Now, this particular one is very, very good. Texas Public Policy Institute. I don't expect you to know who they are. It's it's okay. It doesn't matter. But just know what they are is one of those think tanks where they genuinely try to push good legislation. They try to figure out who's who and what's what and figure out why things are happening. And I, I know these guys personally, and I talked to them about like Texas and they said, Jesse, you can't understand just how red the transplants are that are coming to Texas now. Now it's obviously not every person, but it is the vast majority. And that's because the value system of the country of the two different sides, it's racing opposite directions. It's not just that people want to live in Texas because of the values. It's that blue people, communists, don't want to live in Texas. So they're either moving out or they're not coming at all. That's why I've been so, that's why I've been so effusive. What a great word, Chris. I read it in a book last night. Look it up for me. Please make sure I use that right. What? Just please look it up really quick. I went to community college and it's why I've been so effusive in my praise. Gosh, I'm so fancy of Ron DeSantis in Florida for doing things like trying to pass that bill of giving cops $5,000 bonuses who, who come in from out of state. Chris, what's it mean? It means overflowing. I just want to point out to everybody, I used that word, a big word, which I've never used before. Put that finger away, Chris. I used it right. I used it on the air, live in front of America. Anyway, that's why I've been so effusive in my praise for Ron DeSantis in passing things, not only that the right will like, but that the communists will hate. You see, when I say whatever the communist hates Feed it to him. I'm not saying that just out of spite, although I fully admit I have a ton of spite for these people. I am saying that because when you pass things they despise, they are so ideologically committed, they flee. You want them to flee. You want to empty these people out of your state. You want to pass bills. You have to have your state pass bills that say things like biological men can't compete against women in sports. Remember when Christy Noem, that useless governor, remember when she uh, vetoed that bill of, oh, no, I can't do that. It wouldn't be right. It'd be, it'd be violating freedom. She wouldn't pass a bill that said that. And I came on and I just lambasted her for it because it was wrong for a variety of reasons. One, biological men should not compete against women in sports and two, If you would just sign that bill, you cause the communists in your state to flee, making your state even redder. There is a purpose, a strategy to it. Listen to this person. This is a State Department spokesperson. Listen to this person. You pass bills solidifying the biology of men and women, not just because it's right, because people like this will flee from it.
2: Today, on Intersex Awareness Day, we recognize the voices and contributions of intersex communities in the United States and around the world. Too often, intersex persons are subjected to violence, to discrimination, and abuse solely on the basis of their sex characteristics. We recognize these obstacles and are clear in our commitment to support intersex people. As President Biden and Secretary Blinken have made clear, it is the policy of the United States to pursue an end to violence and discrimination on the basis of gender, of sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, or sex characteristics. The Department of State is committed to promoting the freedom, the dignity, and equality of all persons, including, of course, intersex persons, and we will continue to do that.
0: One, let's just set aside the fact that was the U.S. State Department, but two, intersex persons? You want that person to leave your state. You want that person to go away. You want that person to never be around your children. You want that person to never come within 900 yards of anybody you love. That is a card-carrying psychopath. That person is not right. He's mentally ill. He encourages mental illness. And whatever will drive filth like that from your state, that's what you do. And that's why the transplants to places like Florida and Texas and Bama and Wyoming and these places, that's why the transplants there are red for the most part. Now, I do have to clarify this, though. I rant all the time, all the time against these governors, GOP governors, Abbott here in Texas does this all the time, recruiting huge businesses from blue states to relocate. They always do it for money reasons, right? Jobs. Well, that's a different kind of influx. You see, we did it, I think, with Hewlett Packard here in Texas. Oh, we brought in Hewlett Packard and their 2,500 employees who are probably 70% Democrat because they're relocating from California. Now, that is stupid. But the migration that's done just on one's own, that is turning states red. You mark my words. You're right. Florida has been a coin flip. Could have gone either way. Florida's going to be redder, a lot redder the next go around, and then redder the next go around after that. And it's because of people like Ron DeSantis and what they've done. Shogun, what are your thoughts on the midterms and mail-in voting? I fear although the administration is, is flailing mail-in voting, is flailing, mail-in voting will raise its ugly head and taint the midterms. I believe the right should do more to tackle this issue. Thanks for all you do. Go Braves. Um, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I believe there are two things that are, they sound opposite, yet they're 100% true. One, I think it is the dumbest, most suicidal, idiotic thing I've ever seen in my entire life for a Republican, any Republican running for office to run around claiming the elections are rigged and your vote doesn't matter because then people stay home and they don't vote. That is insane and stupid in everyone doing it right now. Every single one needs to shut up and stop doing it. But there's a second part of that. I also believe this. I believe Democrats have cheated forever in elections. That's not really debatable. And talk to anybody, especially in a big city, they'll tell you the different ways Democrats cheat in these gigantic urban areas So they've always cheated. But I also believe, without question, they cheated massively in the last election because of mail-in voting. And I don't need videos and testimony to prove that to me. I know that to be a fact because they promptly tried to make mail-in voting national and forever. They didn't do that just out of the goodness of their hearts. They did that so they could cheat now and forever. And I believe Republicans should be all in And stopping it, passing legislation to stop it, and protecting people's votes because you don't want to live in a country where votes don't mean anything or where people think their vote doesn't mean anything. So you're right. Republicans should go all in. All right. I have to play a little throwback from me here in just a second. But we, we just talked earlier in the show about corporations and these companies that hate America and whatnot. You know your wireless company? Your Verizons, AT&Ts, T-Mobiles, you know they not only don't share your values, they're out there pressing values that you hate, and they're spending a fortune to do it. I switched to Pure Talk, not just because it's the same 5G network as one of the big guys, not because my bill got cut in half, that's real, got cut in half. I switched to Pure Talk because they don't dump on my country, because every time I pick up the phone, make a phone call, send a text message, I'm not enabling the takedown of my country. I'm not perfect at stopping my money going from these people, but I'm trying, and I'll tell you, Pure Talk is the best move I ever made, and i got to be honest, the cell phone coverage is actually better inside my house than it was with T-Mobile. Right now, they have a 30-day risk-free guarantee. You have nothing to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say, Jesse Kelly. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly show. And Chris, I I tell you what I need, Chris. I need once again, I need you to play this Tom Cotton bit to Merrick Garland because yeesh, this was ugly.
4: This is shameful. This here this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. That's not thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, Judge.
0: I just wanted to let the silence linger there because you should see the video of it. The silence, that wasn't me not talking. That was Merrick Garland looking up at Tom Cotton like (laughs) he's just like a deer in the headlights. It was glorious. It was glorious. But you know, one of my favorite things in the world, I mean, I take that back. It's not one of my favorite things. I want to make sure I'm honest. I'm always honest with you about my priorities. My favorite thing in the world is being right about things, And tell what, Chris, and telling you, I told you so. It's because I'm I'm a small, selfish, narcissistic human being who only cares about himself. And so I enjoy when I've said something that turns out to be right. And then I can rub it in everyone's face and be like, oh, look how much smarter I am than you. And so I just want to I want to remind everybody what I said last week and how just, wow, profound this was. But we all make this mistake when we think about government the people in our government, presidents and senators and director of the FBI, yep, attorney general, we think they have more information than we do. I- even the ones we hate, you know, the, the, surely they have reports. There are reports, right? We don't, we don't know where the reports would come from or anything like that, but I'm sure they've got you know, intelligence and reports and, and papers, someone is bringing papers. But I know this is a bitter pill to swallow for people. The people who run your country are all idiots and they have no idea what they're doing, and they're actually not more informed than you, the most powerful people in the United States of America are actually less informed than you are. I know that sucks, right? You want, you want informed leaders who at least have some idea what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. You know the attorney general is the top law enforcement officer in the country, right? That's his rank. So he, he numero uno, right? So surely he gets these reports. He's got reports and stuff. Remember when he sent out the letter sicking the FBI on parents who were mad about CRT and masks and things like that? I mean, threatening parents with the FBI? Well, surely he had reports. There had to be reports. Listen to this exchange between Merrick Garland and Jim Jordan from today.
4: First sentence the of your memo, very first me- sentence, you said in recent months there's been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, threats of violence. Yes. When did you first review the data showing this so-called disturbing uptick?
3: So I read the letter and we have been seeing over time threats. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't ask you. So you read the letter, that's that's your source? So let me be clear, we, this is not a prosecution or an Is there some study, some effort,
4: some investigation someone did that said there's been a disturbing uptick, or you just take the words of the National School Board Association?
3: When well, the National School Board Association, which represents thousands of school boards and school board members, says that there are these kind of threats when we read in the newspapers reports of threats of violence, When that is in the context of threats of violence, the source for
4: this, for the very first line in your in your time of the gentleman has expired. Was the school
0: board association letter expired, Mr. Deutsch? Well, when we get when we get headlines, the Attorney General of the United States justifying sending the FBI after parents for headlines, they don't get reports. And then Senator Dick Durbin, Chris, make sure we send him a thank you letter for allowing me to do one gigantic I-told-you-so to everybody. Listen to this United States senator. This is from today. This is a United States senator. I want you to listen to where he gets his reports.
3: And those who argue that school board meetings across America are not more dangerous and more violent than in the past are ignoring reality. I went on it and just typed in this morning, school board violence, on one of the search engines page after page is coming up in my state of illinois Menden, illinois where an individual
0: had to be arrested because he did a did did he just say he did an internet search chris i thought i heard him say he did an internet search is it when i tell you these people were not informed that's what i mean i know you already hated dick durbin i get that i know you're not a big fan of merrick garland yeah it's fine You must understand these people are not informed about what's going on. And whatever reports they get, whatever reports you think they get, the reports are are created by 25, 30-year-olds, sometimes staffers, sometimes journalists, card-carrying communists who went right from uh, the, the university system into the newsroom or into some congressman's office, and they're getting the information for their report they're going to give to the senator from Google, from Twitter, from Facebook. It is human nature to at least want to believe the ship captain knows how to pilot the ship, right? It's human nature. Even if you don't like it, what if you hate his guts? Okay, I hate that captain. He's a big meanie McMean face. But he at least, at least he knows what he's doing up there. We tell ourselves that because otherwise, how scary is it if the ship captain doesn't have any idea how to drive the ship? The people leading this country are not more informed. They're not getting reports, they're not getting these special briefings that you're not privy to. They're on Twitter like you are scrolling through the news. And that's how they're making decisions that affect a nation of 330 million people. We are led by morons. We are led by communist, uninformed morons. There's not a nicer way to put it. There's not a nicer way to put it. Jesse, as a Trump supporter, I am sympathetic to your personnel criticisms. He's talking about, I had uh, Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows on last, last night. I love Mark. Then I just asked Mark point blank. I just asked him, "Hey, what about these personnel decisions? They were really bad. I mean, what, what do you have to say about it?" And Mark, you know, came back and said, "We get that, and they got to be better, so on and so forth." Anyway, this person continues: his daughter and son-in-law are card-carrying Democrats, and will be in the White House again if Trump wins, no matter what. All right, let's talk about this because I haven't, I haven't really ever brought this up, but there is something that we. We need to have a discussion about Trump and Ivanka and Jared and the things you actually care about. Let's do that next. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show, and uh, yeah, I, I have a lot more to get to here. I'm going to get to a lot more of your emails. I know I'm way behind. I, I, we're going to get to headlines I didn't get to. That's still coming up in, oh, half hour or so. I don't know. I don't keep track of the time around here. That's your job, Chris. Anyway, back to what the guy, the guy emailed in, and he was talking about Trump and personnel decisions because I interviewed Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, last night on the show. You heard, and and I just asked him point blank about it. Like, hey, I said, man, they're really, really bad how's that going to be different? That can't happen again. He said, they will be better. And then this guy wrote in and he brought up Jared and Ivanka and they are Democrats. And the truth is about Jared and Ivanka. I get, I get a million emails to the show complaining about Jared and Ivanka. Trump just needs to dump Jared and Ivanka. If Trump would just get rid of Jared and Ivanka. So I get these emails all the time to the show and I don't disagree He should, but I think everyone must understand something, and you better be crystal clear on something. You make whatever call you want to make for the primary in 2024. It doesn't matter, whatever your call is, but you better understand Jared and Ivanka are coming back with Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't trust hardly anybody, and understandably so. Even people in his own party spent four years knifing him in the back every single chance they got. That's why he keeps Jared close. That's why he keeps Ivanka close. That's why he keeps his son, Don Jr., close, who I know. That's what Trump believes. You keep family close. If you're one of these people who says, Trump should dump Jared and Ivanka. Yeah, but he's not going to. That's like me saying the sky should rain, uh, Sour Patch Kids, because I've got a real sugar craving right now. Yeah, that would be nice. It's never going to happen. Jared and Ivanka are coming with Donald Trump. If Donald Trump goes back to the White House, they're coming with him and everything that comes with that. All right. Now, moving on. With the FDA saying five to 11 year olds can now take the jab. What are the chances more children are going to die from that than actual COVID? We know that the jab is dangerous for younger people. Heck, some European com- countries outright banned it for anyone under 30. Do you think something sinister is afoot, or is it all about money to these people? It's all about money to these people. Well, there's two, there's two things to it. <clears throat> these people are all about money. That's, that's obviously true. They're all about money. But they're all about money, and they combine that with no care about people at all. I mean, Chris is all about money. But Chris wouldn't do this because he actually cares about people. When you combine no care of people at all and money rules your life, you will find yourself making decisions that look and are monstrous. Absolutely monstrous. Remember that FDA clip we played for you yesterday? I'm not going to play it again right now, but the FDA clip where the guy comes on and he says, hey, we don't know if they're safe or not. We're going to have to just let's just approve the vaccine and then we'll find out. Remember when he said that yesterday? I want you to. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine you found out the Taliban. The Taliban were doing uh, experiments on their children, medical experiments, and they didn't know whether kids were going to die because of it or not. But they were just doing medical experiments on them, and you found out about it. What would you say? What words would you use to describe that? Barbarians, monsters, subhumans. It doesn't make it less subhuman when it's done in America by a doctor in a lab coat. But
1: we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah,
0: That's just the way it goes. Listen to how these people talk. That's someone's child. I don't know whether or not you have kids. I do. The way these people talk about other people's kids. Oh, I don't know. That's fine. Whatever. It's, look, just give it to him. It'll be fine. What in the world? How twisted are these people? How twisted is this? What do they call that? White lab coat or white coat syndrome or something like that? I don't think that's it, Chris. I, don't, I think that's referencing something else, but it doesn't matter. I'll make up my own stuff on the show. But what kind of God complex do these people have? How 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 messed up in the head do you have to be? By the way, I have to play it again. I have to play it again. Ted Cruz, Um, full disclosure, I'd like to make sure I tell everyone this. I know Ted Cruz personally. He's a friend. I love Ted Cruz. I understand people's reservations about Cruz. uh, Personality-wise, it's a harder sell for president. I, I get all that. It's fine. But just know there are a couple things about Ted Cruz you should know, and I'm telling you this is an absolute fact. One, he is awkward because he's a nerd. He's a huge nerd, and if you catch him privately, as I have, he would just be honest with you. Yeah, I'm a huge dork. He's a huge nerd. He is. He's a dork. But two, he would never tell you this, but I'm telling you, you've never heard me speak this way about anybody. I'm telling you he's the smartest human being I've ever talked to in my life. He's so smart, he finds it difficult to communicate with people sometimes, I think. I've always believed that, and I've told him that. He's so much smarter than anyone you've ever talked to, and he's so good at debate. Remember, I think he was on the Harvard debate team, if I remember right. He not only has argued cases in front of the Supreme Court, he is a master debater. He he interrogated Merrick Garland today, and I hate Merrick Garland. I mean, I hate Merrick Garland. I honestly, I had a moment. I felt bad for the guy.
5: Let me ask you something, General Garland. In the letter, which you told the House of Representatives was the basis for this abusive memo targeting parents, how many incidents are cited in that memo? Uh,
3: I have to look back through the memo.
5: I can't okay, count it. You, you don't know. How many of them were violent? Um, again, the, the general report... How many of them were violent? Do you know? I don't know. You don't know. And there's a reason you don't know. Because you didn't care, and nobody in your office cared to find out. I did a quick count just sitting here. During this hearing, I counted 20 incidents cited. Of the 20... Fifteen on their face are nonviolent. They involve things like insult. On the face of it are not violent, they're not threats of violence, they're parents who are unhappy. Yet, miraculously, when you write a memo, the opening line of your memo, in recent months there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. You know what? You didn't look and nobody on your, on your staff looked. Did you even look up the 20 instances?
3: As I testified, the decision to make, uh, the send a memo is for an assessment. Did
5: you look up the problem? 20 instances?
3: I did not read. Did anyone
5: on your staff look them up? I
3: don't know the answer, but it's uh, not. Uh, only but of the course memo. you
5: don't. In general, there's a reason. Look, you started your career as a law clerk to Justice Brennan. You've had many law clerks during the year, during your time as a judge. I was a clerk to Chief Justice Rehnquist. I'll tell you what. If I drafted an opinion for the chief justice and walked in and it said there's a disturbing pattern of violence. Well, Ted, how do you know that? Well, I got an abacus brief here who claims it. You would fire a law clerk who did that. You're the attorney general of the United States.
0: Chris, I don't know. I don't know if we got the phones working. I know we were having some problems with the phones earlier. Would you do me a favor and dial 911? We need to report that murder. Someone's dead. Merrick Garland's no longer alive. Ted Cruz just murdered him on national television. I have ter- I've told people, I have told people before, you do not want to debate Ted Cruz. You do not want to debate Ted Cruz. He's one of those guys. And you know what? You know what's so pathetic, actually? Obviously, I was cheering for that because I like Ted and I hate Merrick Garland. So I was cheering the whole way, just the same way you were cheering. But you know what is pathetic. Merrick Garland, I'm going to play that for you one more time in just a second, but Merrick Garland, that is the Attorney General of the United States of America. That's the top law enforcement officer in the United States. And when I play it, I'll play it after the break again. I want you to listen, not just to Ted Cruz, I want you to listen to the sniveling weenie we have as Attorney General. I don't don't know. I, I, I don't know. I guess I just pooped myself. How pathetic. How embarrassing is everybody who leads this country now? Gosh, that's terrible. All right. Remember what I stressed to you last night that my pillows sale, they're my their buy one, get one free sale on the best sheets out there, the Giza Dream Sheets made from the Giza cotton, the best cotton in the world. Remember when I stressed to you it's a limited time sale? I just want to reiterate that again to you. I'm not telling you anything specifically, right? Chris, I can't get in trouble for this. I'm just simply telling you limited time only. Mypillow.com promo code Jesse gets you Giza dream sheets, buy one, get one free. And I'll be honest with you personally, we're doing this in my house. We're getting them as Christmas gifts. I see all this scary stuff out there about supply chains and stuff like that. These are amazing Christmas gifts. Get them for your parents, your kids, your sister, your, whatever the case may be when they're buy one, get one free, take advantage of it. It's not going to last. MyPillow.com promo code JESSE, GIZA Dream Sheets. Enjoy. You're listening to The Oracle. You're going to love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show, final segment on The Jesse Kelly Show. And, and look, like I promised you, I'm going to play you that Ted Cruz audio here in just a second. And when I play this Ted Cruz audio, I know it's a little bit long. Don't just listen for Ted Cruz. Listen to Merrick Garland. Maybe it's always this way, but don't you feel like our leadership now in America is uniquely weak and embarrassing? Think Think about this. Joe Biden has dementia. The president of the United States, the president of the United States can't finish sentences. This is this is the president of the United States of America, the the commander in chief.
3: In fact, we're taking a page from Terry's book on his governor and when he'd be governor next time. We're emerging from this pandemic. We want to expand peak pre-K for
4: three and four year olds, millions of
0: free care. (laughs) And then we have Nancy Pelosi. I know we make fun of her because she sounds hammered all the time. Nancy Pelosi's 9,000 years old. We made fun of her last press conference she gave when she sounded just sauced at like 10 a.m. And then this, this long cut here from Ted Cruz, this guy being interrogated by Ted Cruz. I realize he's Ted Cruz and he's great at this stuff. But this is the Attorney General of the United States of America. This is our top law enforcement officer. Listen to this sniveling weenie under tough questioning.
5: Let me ask you something, General Garland. In the letter, which you told the House of Representatives was the basis for this abusive memo targeting parents, how many incidents are cited in that memo? Uh,
3: I have to look back through the memo. I can't count
5: it. You don't know. How many of them were violent? Again,
3: the the general report. How
5: many of them were violent? Do you know? I don't know. You don't know. And there's a reason you don't know, because you didn't care and nobody in your office cared to find out I did a quick count just sitting here. During this hearing, I counted 20 incidents cited. Of the 20, 15 on their face are nonviolent. They involve things like insult. On the face of it are not violent, they're not threats of violence. They're parents who are unhappy. Yet, miraculously, when you write a memo, the opening line of your memo, in recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. You know what? You didn't look and nobody on your, on your staff looked. Did you even look up the 20 instances?
3: As I testified, the decision to make, uh, the send a memo is for an assessment. Did
5: you look up the, the 20 instances? I did not read. Did anyone on your staff look them up? I
3: don't know the answer, but it's not uh, But of the course memo. you
5: don't. In general, there's a reason. Look, you started your career as a law clerk to Justice Brennan. You've had many law clerks during the year, during your time as a judge. I was a clerk to Chief Justice Rehnquist. I'll tell you what, if I drafted an opinion for the Chief Justice and walked in and it said there's a disturbing pattern of violence, well, Ted, how do you know that? Well, I got an abacus brief here who claims it. You would fire a law clerk who did that. You're the Attorney General of the United States.
0: Mm, mm-mm. And where's he wrong? Where's he wrong? He's not. He's not. All right. One more email and then it's going to be headlines time. Dr. Jesse, great interview with former Trump chief of staff, Mark Meadows. His answer was interesting to your question about Donald Trump's personnel decisions. Quote, how can we trust him to not do that again? Mark Meadows said that key people are a policy. You can't make the same mistake twice and Donald Trump or whomever hopefully won't. And then this, the emailer is obviously mad. Hopefully, really, hopefully, hopefully. He did not say that Trump will have a whole different approach and will do these specific things differently. He gave nothing concrete to show Trump would not make the same mistake twice. America will not survive the appointment of another Fauci, Millie, Ray, so on and so forth. This is a consistent theme in my emails. And I will just say this. I am not ready to write off Trump. I'm not a Trump super fan because I'm not a super fan of anybody. I don't wave pom-poms for anyone. I think Donald Trump was an excellent president, excellent president overall. We'll never get the credit he deserves for the four years. I have simply brought up the fact his personnel decisions were indefensibly bad, indefensibly bad, and they shackled his presidency, absolutely shackled it. It kneecapped his presidency. Every step of the way, he had a rake thrown in front of him because of his own personnel decisions. That was what I've said. That's why I asked Mark Meadows the question— I wanted Mark Meadows to tell me there is a plan. It is going to change. And maybe that's what you got from it or what you didn't get from it. But I will tell everybody this. And I need everybody to hear me because what I'm saying is an absolute fact. Dudes, when they reach a certain age, I can't speak for women, but dudes, when they reach a certain age, they're probably not going to change. When dudes reach a certain age, and achieve some sort of significant success level, they're never going to change. Donald Trump is not only a rock star, he is a billionaire, and now he's the president of the United States of America. That is kind of what you call the mountaintop. Donald Trump is not going to change. He's not. He's not, stop with this pipe fantasy. Either you accept him as he is and go with it. If he's your guy, go with it. Fine. I'm not telling you to go with, or if you're saying things to yourself, he just needs to change. Okay. Stop. Stop. The leopard is not going to shed his spots. Donald Trump is now just as he was. That's not going to change. All right. All right. Let's do a couple headlines. And now... Headline? Go, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. Headlines college enrollment plummeted during the pandemic. This fall, it's even worse. Oh, well, that's outstanding. That's some of the most encouraging news I've heard in forever. And I'm not even close to kidding. You've heard me say it a thousand times. The greatest trick the American communist ever pulled was getting upper class American Republican parents to think they had to send their child off to a university and spend $100,000 to do it, minimum, where their child will learn to hate themselves, their parents, and their country. If people are now fleeing the university system and choosing a different path, it's not possible to have a better turn of events for the United States of America. Good. Good. Get out. Get your child out. You are not a slave to the university system. Break this absurd tradition. Little Timmy's going to college. No, no. Maybe if he has something specifically he has to do there, send him to college. If not, I wouldn't wouldn't send my kids to college just for the same reason. I wouldn't throw them in the gorilla enclosure in the zoo. All right. We have an amazing show tomorrow. We have someone on with some inside information about January 6th and who instigated it. Stay tuned for that one. That's all.